0: <laughs> welcome in to beers and buckets this is the only college basketball podcast that reviews beer and the only beer review podcast that talks college basketball I'm one of your hosts, Connor, and like always, I'm joined by Kyle, Dal, and Matt. We actually were missing Dal and Matt last week, so we're happy to have them back this week. And we have an exciting show planned for you today, a lot to get through. We are also joined by none other
1: than the GIF King himself, Travis Graff. Hey, what's up? And I'm still I'm still mad that it's called Jif and not GIF. I still call that. <laughs> yeah. it's a huge Seriously. conversation,
0: I mean, we could probably spend the whole podcast <laughs> talking about it. But the creator did Thank say you. it's pronounced Jif. so yeah, he's I mean, a bold-faced liar. Yes, yeah. yeah. what does he know? He, he made it. Me. He's a, he's smarter than all of us combined. I think that dude passed away last year. By the way, he, well, he yeah, was champion he of internet champion right there. Yes, so, sir. Yeah, well, anyways, Travis is a scouting analyst for Made Hoops. He's a writer for Cats Illustrated and Cardinal Sports on Rivals, and he is the host of the Cat Scan podcast, and we're excited to have him on today. Uh, Before we jump into the interview, let's talk about what happened in College Hoops this week. What did we see? What games did we watch? What did you guys think of this week? Well, I
1: went into the Duke-Gonzaga game definitely thinking that it was going to be an evenly matched uh, matchup between Chet and Paulo, but To me, Paulo is just the best player in college basketball, and I don't even think it's close at this point.
2: Yeah, I was shocked that Ken Palm still has Gonzaga, like, significantly ahead of essentially every other team in the country in, like, in his uh, adjusted efficiency rankings despite that loss.
3: To uh, Travis's point, like, when you watch Paulo, you just kind of wonder what what he's doing in college. But, I mean, he's dominating in college. He reminds me of, like, those – Obviously again, I'm the old man in this group, so I always revert back to nineties basketball. He reminds me of those like Glenn Robinson, Mashburn, you know, those six nine Rodney Rogers type guys that can handle the ball, bring up the court, you know, point forward type guys that can just do it all. He rem- he reminds me of those guys so much. And there's obviously more, you know, more recent examples of those guys too. But he just he's kind of a flashback to those kind of players that can dominate any at any point on the court. So It was, that was a fun game to watch, but yeah, I mean, Paulo is the, is the star right now. Definitely.
4: Well, and to TG's point up there, you know, Paulo Benchero is clearly number one. I, uh, from a one day one, I thought it was going to be Chet. Uh, But it's just proven to me the game's getting further and further away from the NBA game. And even though I think Chet could have more of a KD game in the pros colleges, the college game just isn't prepared for him to completely do that. Like he can't completely dedicate to the wing or bringing the ball up and, I mean, I think him and Imani Bates at Memphis, who's trying to run this point, which I think will work much better at the next level, just doesn't quite cut it in the college game. Uh, So that's the two things, two guys that I thought was going to go one and two. I think they'll have good seasons, but I'm slowly, Paulo Benchero jumped up to number one and I think he's separating himself. Um, I still think Chet, I'm still rooting for him. I think he'll have a a great season, but the more I watch, just he can't fully impact the game in the college game to his skill set. Well,
1: see, I still, think, I still think Chet is very, very, very good. I just think Paulo is better at the college level. I think Chet would be a better pro even what it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. Yeah. But the thing yeah. I like about Chet is one of my scatting friends that uh, pointed this out to me last week, um, he's not afraid for – he's got the worst build I've ever seen, maybe since Tayshaun Prince. He's bird chest, <laughs> muscle. But he is not scared of contact at all. He does not get flustered whatsoever whenever people are banging on him, when people try to intimidate him with their size and their strength. He accepts that. Like, he's a dog no matter how skinny he is.
3: Yeah, he sticks with the play all the time. He got knocked down a couple times and, you know, just got back up and got back in there and scrapped and got to put back, you know, snatched rebounds and things like that. So, I mean, yeah, he's tough, no no doubt.
2: I was going to say, if I'm I'm an NBA team, I'm taking Chet just because the upside of his, like, height and – Ball handling ability. It's like if y'all remember a couple of years ago when Bull Bull came out and everyone was like, oh, he's this like seven footer that can handle the ball and shoot threes and all this stuff. Like Chet is what everyone thought like Bull bowl, bowl was going to be. Bull Bull, I watched too much Nuggets basketball and they need to play him more. <laughs> but like everyone thought that he was going to be this like essentially guy built like a center but could play on the perimeter. And it seems like that everything that we thought he was going to be that Chet actually is that. And like Travis said, like, I mean, the dude has built like a smaller Chris Porzingis, which isn't like a great build now, but like there have been so many guys that have put on weight. Anthony Davis put on a ton of weight. Giannis put on a ton of weight.
1: I don't even know if I like where he's going to put on weight. Like the frame is like the worst frame I've ever seen. I don't know how to describe it. It's core strength in my opinion
2: is where he does it, where like, you just build him up like where his his chest and his core is strong enough to to take bumps. He's never gonna be some like big buff muscle like Yeah, he's real uh, narrow
3: shouldered. Like when 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 Davis, you know, when Davis came to UK, obviously he was skinny as hell too, but he had the broad, wide shoulders and you could see that he could put weight on that frame. And Chet is so narrow, like when you're looking at him face on. Just it's gonna think, be it's gonna take a while for him to put that weight on. I
2: just think it's core strength at that like at that point, and you don't need him to be some like big bruiser in the paint. It's just getting him able to hang with contact, like especially on the perimeter.
4: Right. Well, every time I see him play, it reminds me of why Kevin Durant lied about his height. He said he was like six eight, but he's three inches taller than DeMarcus Cousins. It's because when they see you seven one, they're like, No, get your ass down low. I don't think he has to, to Dow's point. He could just look like Kevin Durant and is if he's gonna get that opportunity. And to what Travis was saying about his confidence, I know that that video of him crossing up Steph Curry has been running to the ground. I'm not even talking about the skill set, just the confidence it takes to do that to an MVP when most other people are like, hey, can I just get your autograph? And he's trying to shake this guy up at, what, 16 at the time? That just comes with a, a, a psychological confidence and nuance that a lot of kids don't have, especially at that weight. I mean, we've seen it at the Duke game, Damian Collins. He looked, he looked like a kid out there, he, and he played, what, two minutes? And I don't think we're seeing that from Chet. And I do think there is a confidence that's going to allow him to work through it. And then he's just going to build even more as they start to beat up on, you know, that high school division he's in.
0: Chet, I, I really am high on him now at more than I was at the start of the season because I, I've seen more of him play now. Like, you can't really see what would happen as it translates to the next level. Now that I've seen a few games in at the, at the college level, I'm higher on him than I was before because he has really good basketball IQ. He has the confidence, like you said, Matt. Um, all it takes is for him to put on weight, put on some strength, whatever. And that will come in the in the league. I don't think we'll see it in this season, but it's going to get there. So, uh, But, yeah, that was a fun game, like all around great game. There was a couple of other upsets, like Iona beating Bama. That was a really good game. Uh, what other games did you guys watch this week?
4: I watched the end of Kansas and Dayton. Just, uh, I mean, it's one of those ones where I, as much as I like the upsets, I hate when the upsets are teams we're going to play. I want every team we play to be high rank as possible because it's a win win. And I know this ain't about us and this ain't a Kentucky podcast, so whatever, sue me. But I, I hate saying that the Kansas lost to what you said, Bama lost. But I mean, I watched the end of that. Bill Self just likes to lose the teams that you, he definitely shouldn't lose to. Is Rick Patino going to get a, a, another legitimate job? Because, I mean, look what he's doing at Iona. I mean, (laughs) I was listening to the radio. I've I've been listening to Louisville Tears all day on the radio. And there's like what a wild ride it'd be if uh, the AD got the job at Miami and brought Rick Pitino and Bobby Petrino. That would be wild down there on South Beach. But just what he does, you can make all the jokes you want about what he did at Louisville. But his ability to coach, it it just baffles me every time. Because you think he's eventually just going to run out of gas, but he doesn't.
0: Now that he's gone from Lowell, like I said, I could openly root for Rick Pitino. It's easy for me to do that now. So,
1: I think Rick Pitino is a top five college coach of all time, and I think he'd be minimum top three, probably pushing top two or maybe one if he had never left Kentucky. I
3: yeah, I think somebody that. tweeted out this week. I uh, saw somebody tweet out that um, you know Rick would probably, if he hadn't left in '97, he he would probably him and K would be basically tied for wins or something like that all time and. It's probably the truth. I mean, he would have had the Camelot thing that he's, he talked about, you know, he talked about leaving it forever. He always brings that word up. And I think he would have done, I think you're right, Travis. He would be, you know, probably one of the top two or three coaches of all time. Definitely. I have
2: multiple he people, had than, He'd have more than one title
1: at least. Yeah. So yeah. One now, so. I have multiple people that know Rick personally that have told me, and they don't know each other, so this is coming from, like, two different spectrums, that have said that Rick has told them that he wishes he had never left Kentucky, that that was the biggest mistake of his life.
3: Yeah, of course. I believe it. You know, if he he, he tells, you know, you never really know what to believe, what comes out of Rick's mouth, but if they're telling, if he tells personal friends that, you know, usually that's pretty solid, so... He's, there's always a lot of regret there and he tries to play it off like there isn't in the public, you know, and things like that. But you know,
1: there has to be. Oh, you know it ate him up whenever uh Kentucky fans like Cal more than him because he was always the whenever Tubby and Billy D were here, it's like, Oh, I wish we'd get back to the Rick days and then Cal right. Perry comes and then now he's the new cool toy. And right, right. Yeah. Two
0: sides of the same coin. All right, let's jump into the interview now. Uh Travis, if you don't mind. We're gonna we're gonna ask you a few questions. You can take a little bit of time here just to get to know you, get to know what you do, and so our listeners can also give you a follow and everything like that. So, Matt, why don't you go ahead and kick us off with our random-ass question of the week. Rack. as you call it.
4: You know, I pride myself on asking the hard questions, asking the important questions, asking the ones that the fans, they they just dying to know. So we're coming in hot and heavy. We got to know. Growing (laughs) up, looking like a young Cash Daniels, doing the things you've done, passing off a little Memphis mouthwash to Miss Kentucky probably, or Miss whatever county you're from. What is the most embarrassing, awkward, disgusting, vile, awesome thing your parent ever caught you doing growing up? Do we have to keep this PG? Uh, Please Uh, don't. Keep it X. Like, if you have pictures, please upload them.
1: I mean, I I had my parents walking in on me doing the nasty one time when I was in, like, eighth or ninth grade, so that was – it was like one of my first time. So when you say do it, when, follow
4: up when you say doing a nasty was it the act or was she like a total four? Oh, she was she like, a, a
0: 5 if you know what I mean? Yeah. No,
1: she she was like a 7. There you go. Nice. A like Kentucky yeah. Long 7. What is back. that?
0: What does that translate to a Florida 7? Uh, <laughs> that's like,
1: like a two? solid
4: 3. Yeah, I mean, like how, how far are you? A 3 in Florida? I mean, it depends on how he was. If he was like fifteen, bull, that might Bullitt be a County, one. eighth or ninth Bullitt grade. So. Seven.
1: It's a normal like two anywhere else. So that's, that's yeah. A right?
4: <laughs> Bullet County seven. She might have just been breathing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we just lost all our listeners in Bullet County.
1: <laughs> oh, they know what's up. No, none of us have service out here anyway, so it's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man.
3: Okay, so moving on from that, I guess, if you're ready to, if we're, if we're able to. Travis, so we're beers and buckets, obviously. So mm-hmm. I, I can't remember. So you don't drink currently
1: or? So I just recently started drinking again. I used to be a drinker. Okay. I think right. there's a difference between being a drinker and somebody that drinks on occasion. Let's put it this way. Like I was never alcoholic, never had drinking problems or anything. I started having uh-huh. some mental health problems right. back earlier this year. So I just, ever since that, whenever that happened, uh, it kind of just scared me a little bit, so I like being in my right frame mm-hmm. of mind. Uh, okay, I got so you. So, just didn't touch alcohol for the longest time, was scared of it. And right. then, like, I used to, like, drink at home on the weekends, so, like, playing video games, watching games. Now it's just a special mm-hmm. occasion, Thanksgiving get-togethers, uh, Yeah, drink at the UKU Vail game this past weekend. But, no, okay. so I, so yeah. I drank now, but I'm not the beer guzzler that once was no
3: right right yeah I, I, I know what you're saying I'm pretty much the same way you know just mostly just social maybe at a dinner or something like that with yeah. friends or whatever and I've kind of expanded to I'll you know, I'll do some wine and stuff like that you know trying to be all sophisticated and everything so but anyways this is beers and buckets when you are in those situations what kind what beer do you like to grab you know that you enjoy that's just kind of uh your kind of go-to beer uh honestly Budlock could sponsor me
4: I don't all think right yeah i don't think matt's gonna be a big fan of, of that right the <laughs> cold beer
1: that's all hey but if it's not bud light then it's something else cold light and domestic i mean okay Cools Light, miller light uh bud beer light, 30 yeah Hams. i've never been a bud you know what's up i've never been a bud okay. heavy a weiser guy i've always been a bud Light guy. yeah it's always been my
0: let me ask you this question this wasn't the one that we had written down but what is the worst beer you've ever had Oof.
1: probably anything since we it started was a long this show. Time ago. it was a long time ago but i remember i had one of these at keeneland and it was the worst thing ever and it was Cooper bait
3: really country boy
1: i didn't i didn't like it but see i'm not an ipa guy like i have to be real my guy i have to be really messed up to want to drink an ipa like i want to enjoy what i'm drinking and not act like i enjoy like i'm drinking
0: what is your favorite sports teams? I mean, I think we all can connect the Kentucky dots there. Uh, but are there, what other teams you got? I mean, like give us anything, pros, whatever.
1: All right, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, what is? Your... I mean, I don't really. I used to. Whenever I grew up, I was a diehard Colts fan. Whenever they had uh, uh, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Peyton Manning, Adrian James, all of them. And then really, I just ever since then, I really just kept up with teams that I was fans of. Uh, certain players, like former U.K. players, certain players I like. I'm a big Lamar Jackson guy. Lamar Jackson's my favorite college football player of all time. But so my wife's a diehard Ravens fan. But the year before he got drafted, we started watching. We were like – because my wife is a diehard Louisville fan. So uh, the year before that, we were watching Hard Knocks and the Browns were on there. And we decided, like, hey, we need to – like, they got a lot of young talent. We need to find a team that we want to mutually root for. So then it was the Browns, and then he goes to a division rival the next year in the draft.
0: Sorry that your wife is a diehard Louisville fan, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll We'll keep you in our prayers. For that. Hey,
1: <laughs> I will say, I will say, I will say this. I've always said because I went on dates with people uh, with girls back in the day that were quote UK fans. I had to explain everything to them. That's the worst. So, I'd rather you know but, nothing about sports. Well, so Kelsey see, knows her stuff, right? Oh, Kelsey watches as much, if not more sports we'll sit up and watch West Coast basketball game it'll be like San Jose State versus Furman or something like that we'll watch it be into it and then same thing with uh, football baseball yeah so
0: that's awesome that's great now I'm just giving Kelsey a hard time so I don't know her but uh you know if she ever (laughs) talks crap about me I probably deserve it (laughs) (laughs) Walk us through the process of recruiting. Like, when do you start following a recruit? At one point, do you log your crystal ball? Like, give us a rundown of the process of that. Like, if there was a, you know, John Basketball, like, you know, give us the rundown of John Basketball's recruitment.
1: Um, I mean, it really – now, since I work for Made Hoops, Made Hoops is a lot of middle school stuff, and it's pretty much all the EYBL teams play in our middle school stuff, so it's the top kids all throughout. So we get to be really familiar with them and their people – from sixth grade on, sometimes fifth grade. So then we'll keep track of them all throughout their high school career and just really form relationships. And, I mean, not there's no two recruitments that are the same. There's, there's one recruitment that's already a done deal for Kentucky that's been a done deal that <laughs> Kentucky's about to land him within the next couple of weeks. And then there's some that want to play it cl- close to the vest. But really what I do is just I know who to talk to and when to talk to them. I can talk to people around the Kentucky program. Um, Some of them will give me a lot of information, but mostly it comes from the high school kids. But see, a lot of people with the made hoops, with the scouting service, a lot of people don't know that. I talk to a lot of coaches across the country. It's I don't just write for UK, or I don't just help recruit with UK stuff. But I'll um, like I have coaches call me from. I had a rival school coach call me today, try to figure out some things about some kids. So it's pretty much just a give and take of like information. Like if they give me information or if I give them information, they give me information. That's something that I really pride myself on because there's a lot of people in this industry that can't give anything in return. Mm-hmm. So I really try to help out as many people as I can, especially the guys that are uh, subscribed to our made hoop scouting service. And I mean, what, in terms of future cast, I really don't put anything in until I'm really confident or have a really good source on something. Um, it has to come from either the school that the school's coach that it's directly tied to, and I know that they're not being overconfident about it for no reason, or somebody close to the recruit that it's like I've formed a really close relationship with, or sometimes the recruits mm-hmm. them themselves. There's, there's a lot of people that piggyback, but I've, I've always said, like if I don't know something personally, I'm not going to log a future cast.
3: Travis, yeah. let me ask you a quick question, um, kind of unplanned, but let me shoot it at you. Um, <laughs> as far as like recruiting gurus out there, um, you know, we all have known the names for, you know, the last 10, 15, 20 years. Is there one that you've kind of, that has kind of like took you under your wing or that you kind of model your style after? And as far as, you know, your thought process through the uh, whole recruiting process and communication um, process? I don't want to name
1: drop this one because, but there's one. Really Can I throw cool.
3: one out there real quick? Yeah. Because you, you kind of you kind of give off like Evan Daniels type vibes. You know what I mean? Just like real professional. You've really you really do. I mean, I'm really respect what you've done mm-hmm. in the last couple yeah. of years. You know, kind of like the young kind of thing when he was coming yeah. up.
1: See, that's what I like. That's what um, I kind of want to do. What Evan has done and do something bigger than being right. a recruiting analyst. Right. That's what I've since I followed you. I've noticed that. Yeah. yeah. I want to get into, like, the agency game. I want to do this, that, and the other. Um, would like to be, like, front office somewhere. I've always wanted to be a sports agent or an assistant, like, just a recruiting assistant somewhere. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I've always wanted to do. There, I mean, but there's a couple of people that, like, people don't realize what they do because they keep it so secretive, but there's a couple of national analysts that actually work for pro teams.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They have to, I mean – but that's why, like, I can't name drop them. But that's something that I, that's something that I want to do, um, kind of like help teams in the background and things like that. Just because I'm <clears throat> that's my thing is I'm not a great writer. I, that's why I told Justin Rowland about a year or so ago. I was like, I don't want to write stories. I just want to <laughs> drop scoop. Like, right? That's what I want to do for the site, and that's what I do for Louisville site too. Because I'm mm-hmm. really getting information most of the time, but I don't like writing articles. I don't. I don't like. That. I like the the quick hitter things okay gotcha
0: And it seems like that's really working out for you guys I mean like I'm a subscriber to House of Blue I, I always get so excited when I see your little icon on there and the red <laughs> dot that says basketball or whatever so um, I mean I've been following I've been following you on Twitter now for like maybe two three years. I think I started listening to you on sources say, and so it's been cool to see your uh, your career kind of develop and you know and flow um just from that. So that's been really awesome. So I know like back in August you put on a uh, Made Hoops Midwest camp for classes 2022, 20, 23, 24. Mm-hmm. Um, how was that process? So that was your like first time doing a camp like that, correct? Yeah,
1: and I mean the the sales of the camp, that was my first one doing it and I realized that that's not really what I wanted to do the sales because it's a bunch of I mean, it's a grind, but it's a rewarding grind. But that's just – on top of a nine-to-five, that's not what I want to do. I wanted to get into scouting is what I envisioned myself doing, which is what I do for them now. But it's a bunch of, like, really just going through uh, prior camps, prior events, getting coaches' numbers, parent numbers, kids' numbers. Like, hey, like, you want to come to camp? And if you can get, like, X amount of kids, like, I can get get your group discount and all that stuff. Uh, It's pretty cool, though. We had – I think we ended up with 170 or 180 kids and we had four or five stars and I want to say 10 or 12, four stars there. So that was pretty Mm -hmm.
0: nice. Wow. That's awesome. How many of them do you think that will make that jump to the next level and make a serious impact in college basketball? Do you think there is?
1: Oh, I think, I think there's going to be quite a few. Um, I'd have to go through the roster some, uh, but there's a lot of top 2024 kids. There was a, uh, a lot of top 50, uh, 2023 kids. Brandon Gardner, that um, he's from the East Coast. He's one of my favorite kids in the class. He's an amazing kid, uh, freak athlete, can jump out of the gym, kind of plays a sort of like Keon Brooks does a little bit of a three, four tweener. But imagine like Keon Brooks being a springy, like super springy athlete. Um, I love that kid. And then George Washington the III. I think he's going to be a pro from here in Louisville. Is going to uh, Ohio State.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. You, oh, that was a seven three 3 2024 20, kid there. That was that was unique. Wow. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's crazy. So,
1: so there was a random question that
4: I, I was going to jokingly ask you, <laughs> but now hearing that you kind of are working with all age groups, I am serious. I am genuinely curious about this. I got down a rabbit hole one day where I was watching like a kid who was like six foot four crossing up everybody. And he's like class of 2027. 20, That's like mm-hmm. fifth grade. Mm-hmm. So realistically, people our age or or people in their mid-20s who maybe play at the local Y, how far, how late in the class would you have to go before we could beat one of these elite kids one-on-one? Are we like talking like class of 2030? Because like these kids are in class of 2028, 20, they're still six foot tall. They're still five foot ten. They're still dunking. So like, when you hear, because you, you always hear people talk about like, oh, I could beat Devin Askew. We, yeah. <laughs> you don't listen to the show. Trust me. Yeah. But um, like seriously, like if I play the if I play the number one kid in the class of twenty thirty, do I even stand a chance?
1: <laughs> I I don't know how good you are, but I know how good the top, <laughs> <the> top <laughs> twenty twenty or uh, twenty thirty is. So uh, that's what I'm saying. Like I mean, how good? I is mean, he? I mean uh, above average YMCA men's league player that's like one the that wins the 110 percent award would be the 2020 uh 2030 kid but, mm. but even that's
4: crazy because that's still what like nine like i mean <laughs> i mean he's like yeah. nine years
1: old but, but the mean, fact that get, he's that good of a you get some freaks now and then also you got some kids that are holdbacks and i mean middle school though there's some middle school kids that will just whoop your ass it's it's crazy <laughs> to see it's crazy to see but uh no it you have to go back a while to be able to find a class of like the top kid in the class that I could beat in a game of basketball. Because when I saw this, is a number one kid in, like the class of twenty twenty
4: seven or twenty twenty eight, and he almost dunked. Yeah. Like, and, I mean, <laughs> and he he was tall <laughs> and lanky, and I was like, yeah. damn, these kids are just awesome.
1: Well, see, the thing about those kids is a lot of the ones that peak early like that. For every one, I mean, EJ Montgomery is the best player in, in the country, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Um, um, I mean, he kind of he kind of rode out the ranking, but he peaked. Um, Chris Livingston's the same way. We're gonna see how that comes out. I think he's gonna be much better than DJ. E. So
3: God. when you bring when you bring that up, that that whole idea right there, that
1: concept. What is your opinion of Amani Bates? Uh, doesn't need to play point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's good for his development. My thing is, I think he has all the tools, but I think that some people around him messed up his development um, and focused too much on a couple of areas instead of his all around game. So uh-huh. where he was, where he's so far ahead of people for a couple or a couple years back, I think now people have caught up with him and it's starting to show. But T right. so well, Rex arms, T Rex yeah, arms, he's got T Rex arms. Was but that was it, Were those
3: numbers real? Like those those combine Memphis combine numbers, like a twenty four inch vertical or something or whatever it was. I, I don't know.
2: The, the vert thing was the thing that scared me the most because if you look at the, it, like the NFL combine, like he would have been like sixtieth percentile among.
3: Like offensive linemen that are like, it just, it was just, was I don't know. It just didn't make any, it still didn't make any sense to me. I still really don't believe it, but yeah. I mean, so. that's
0: also coming off of summer. That was like Memphis's pro day, correct? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I mean, Kentucky tends to favor the, you know, the over on that and just be like, oh, yeah, this guy's seven foot one with a seven foot five wingspan, which is definitely not true. Um, maybe like I mean, Memphis just screwed up. I think there's a lot that will go into it. By the time, you know, the draft comes around and they're doing things for that, it'll be fine. Yeah.
3: I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens to him long term. You know, kind of a case study.
1: Yeah, you know, definitely. The, uh, what's his name? Uh, I call him Wimby, the foreign prospect. Victor Wimby He is what people thought Imani Bates was going to be. He might be the a better draft prospect at this age than LeBron was. It's It's crazy and he, he's he called
0: out on the under 19 league in FIBA this uh, this year. He's so the one best. from
1: France. Yeah, he's yeah. the best shot-blocking yeah. prospect I've ever seen.
0: That's wild considering you've seen Anthony Davis. <laughs>
1: yeah. His, but is the four or whatever he is? Yeah, yeah. he's He's the best
2: international good. prospect like maybe ever and Luka Doncic is pretty solid at the game of basketball. Yeah.
0: yeah.
4: We actually talked about this our first episode with a, I think who was it? Kyle Lee Dort was that who it was? Like three yeah. years ago, yeah. he was like the number five player in the country, and then he fell to a hundred. When mm-hmm. you're recruiting these, even freshmen in high school, how hard is it to get a good sense uh, for a center? Because for a center, I don't know how to pronounce that, so weird. But like in eighth grade, a center might be six foot seven, but if he yeah. never grows another inch, but he plays post his whole life, you don't want a six foot seven. Yeah
1: you know, guy that just plays post. So well, like, see, how hard is that to judge? Well, see, I know that from a lesser extent uh, firsthand because whenever I was in middle school, I was one of the top players in the state of Kentucky. I was this height in seventh grade. I was six <laughs> one. So yeah. I never developed wing skills. I was always the big guy. And then I stopped growing in high school and had to play in the wing. And it was just like, I don't know how to dribble. I don't know how to do anything. So kind of to a lesser right. extent. Like, I understand the pain, but that's why I don't think that you offer bigs so early. Unless it's just a surefire thing, yeah. Um, which I mean, everybody knew Jalen Duran was going to be like that whenever he was seventh, eighth grade. But I like the late bloomers. I love late bloomers more than I do the guys that have been kind of at the top of the whole class.
0: Travis, is there anything else you want to plug? Any uh, maybe like little hot leads you got on any recruits or anything before? You don't have to say name drop or anything. Just what to watch for nationwide, <laughs> Kentucky, Louisville, any any team
1: that you, you want to get some fan type for? Uh, like I said, look out for a uh, 2023 commit. Should happen within the next couple of weeks. I'll have a nice. You mean you mean Wednesday? <clears throat> no.
0: is, his, is his name Bob? We're not going to try and squeeze it out of you. We're not going to do that to you. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again for coming on and uh, doing this interview. We appreciate it again. Go ahead and tell us where we could follow your work, where we could find you on Twitter, Instagram, anything like that, and anything you want to shout out there.
1: Yeah. So you can can find my work alongside a bunch of other uh, cool people that I work with and the greatest uh, message board community you'll find over at House of Blue on Cats Illustrated we got a super cheap deal going on right now. I think it's like 20 bucks for a year or something like that. Not um, a busy time at all for you all either. Oh, no, no. Between the transfer portal, basketball recruiting, yeah. No way. Um, Coaching carousel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Travis Graff underscore because the one guy that is at Travis Graff is being a meanie and won't let me have his <laughs> handle. And he hasn't been on there in like four years. And, um, yeah, that's, that's it really. So. Cat Scan, uh, uh, listen to our uh, Cat Scan podcast on all podcast networks. So we've had Dow on there before; he's a good guest. So I, I, I came on to
2: talk Olivier Saar, which didn't really
0: pan out. Uh, yeah, we all missed uh, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right, Next man. Thanks a lot, Travis. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, now it's time for the beer review. This is the part of the episode where each of us reviews a beer that we've either never had or we just highly recommend. So this week, it is Pilsner week. We decided that today, so all of us went and found the best Pilsner we could find. Probably not. And uh, we're going to review that for you. So who wants to kick us off? I
4: can give her a start here. Um, So we're going, oh, Pilsner, I got us a Fall City Beer loose city i don't know if that's pilsner there's gonna be a a disclaimer there for you listeners if you give it a try don't for you beer nerds it might not be a pilsner i went to the liquor store the guy was an old crotchety man with a big chaw backer i said you got any pilsner he said what's that i said fair enough so here we are it it looks like it literally looks like the cheapest beer you might ever find literally the label is peeling off um because it's like an aluminum can with a sticker label on it oh it's got a little foam getting on my laptop that's awesome sure alienware will appreciate that all right it looks and smells disgusting so let's roll oh <laughs> oh that is uh that is special that is beer 30 <laughs> if you've ever tried beer 30 for people who you know i don't know maybe had like a 15 cent budget in college <laughs> oh it takes me back it takes me back to some bad decisions
0: hey <laughs> starting with that
4: beer um
0: so i'd say you uh, wouldn't drink it again
4: oh no it's bitter yeah that aftertaste (laughs) um you know what i'm gonna stay true to the name louisville city here uh it it tastes like what i imagine it's like being a louisville fan just
0: man (laughs) a lot of hype
4: coming in and really gonna let you down oh that goes right through you um for four touchdowns. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's that's rough, man. I, I don't know what that costs. I buy like I don't know the price of beer really. So I go to the liquor store and I buy one like of these cuz it's not a Bud Light. So I don't even really know what I paid for it. I don't so I don't know if it constitutes a cheap beer or expensive beer. The label says it should be cheap and the aftertaste does too. Uh, I, I don't I don't do we give ratings cuz so it's a 1.1 1. 1 out of 10. Um, but yeah, that's uh, Fair enough. Not, well,
0: we found our first bad bad beer on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, that is
4: that is bad beer. And I, like I said, I want to repeat the disclaimer. Not the biggest beer guy. That's why I enjoy this podcast. It gives me an opportunity to to spread my wings. Um I'm not 100% sure that's a uh um, pilsner. I don't want to do. Bad. Pilsner might be amazing, so I don't want to give that a bad name, just because. And this ain't going to work into the podcast. But look how tiny that font is. It says the word Pilsner in there somewhere. So that's the only thing I'm going off of. But that is rough. So it's the um, pills
0: that kills.
4: It's the pills oh, yeah. I got I thrills the pills, and that is not a thrill. <laughs> one point one out of ten.
2: Where I uh, I picked up the the Kerrigan Pils. It's a brewery out of Cincinnati. I've never had it before. To be honest, I'd never even like seen this this beer before. Um, but picked it up. Let me let me sit here, take a sip. I mean, it's not the most flavorful, but that's kind of the point of pilsners. Really easy to easy to drink. I think it's like a 5.2 ABV, too. So that's honestly like pretty decent for a Pilsner. Um I don't know, it's pretty solid. I'd give it like uh it's like it's like this will be a little teaser for my for my upset pick, but it's like Iowa State. Like it's always solid. It'll surprise you a little bit.
0: Yeah.
2: It's pretty yeah. pretty enjoyable to watch most of the time. Iowa Iowa State usually has a fun brand of basketball, but it's nothing like overpowering or anything like that. I'll go Iowa State for for my my school comp. Um solid but nothing spectacular.
0: Hey, not to not to interrupt or anything, but I have Joe Tipton uh, tweets, you know, like I have the notifications on for him. And uh, I just got one that says 2023 five-star Robert Dillingham will announce his college commitment on December 1st. Top six, mm-hmm. Kentucky, Kansas, LSU, Memphis, and NC State. There's Bobby. Uh, oh,
4: man. We could, that timing. graph like could have had it.
2: It's almost like when I said when we were talking to Travis that there's a five-star committing on Wednesday that I was <laughs> – like, talking about mm-hmm. a specific human.
0: Yeah, exactly. You called it, buddy. You called it. <laughs> There's Bob.
2: To be fair, that news came out, like, earlier in the day.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I just, I, when Joe tweets, I, I follow. You know, I, I look and see.
2: That's fair enough. Yeah, what's you... your beer, Kyle?
3: Yeah, well, uh, um, so, I'd... Tried to look for it today. Um I thought I actually had one at home, but when I got home I saw that I didn't have one. So I tried to go find one but couldn't. So but I did have it um about six weeks ago at uh tailgating for the LSU Kentucky football game. So actually at Keeneland before the football game. So I uh I'm going with this week um another uh Cincinnati brewery Rheingeist. Um, that started up back in 2013. Um, It's located in the over the Rhine area down in downtown Cincinnati. Um, Rheingeist um, is like a German, basically they put together German words for uh, ghost of the Rhine. So um, it's really, really awesome brewery downtown in downtown Cincinnati that uh, is really has a really cool uh, tap room and kind of a a huge open space for in a, in a rooftop bar and all that kind of stuff. So really, really cool place to visit. And uh, so I'm going with the Puma Pilsner. It's nice, you know, just like a lot of Pilsners are just kind of bright and crispy, uh, malty pours with like, you know, just a good golden color. It's actually really, really solid. The IBUs are 40. So this is probably the, the hoppiest beer that I have reviewed so far. ABV is 5.2 again. I think that's the same as what Dow had. And uh, just a really, really, it was perfect for tailgating at Keeneland because that day it was kind of hot. It was like 80 that day at Keeneland. It was, I only had like one or two of them um, that I got. I wish I would have had more because it was a really good beer. It went down, you know, pretty easy. So it's described as being elegant and subtle. A hoppy Pilsner, floral aromatics, it's kind of a seasonal uh, deal, so you may not be able to find it until it warms up again. I would, I actually highly recommend it. I think it's it's got pretty good reviews across the board on most of your beer sites. It actually won the gold medal in the 2016 U.S. Open Beer Championship international for international style pilsners. So, uh, really, really good solid beer. And Rheingeist overall makes has a really good lineup, a really deep lineup of really good beer. When you talk about elegant and subtle, again, I'm gonna like focus on a college basketball coach. I'm gonna go with uh, Jay Wright at Villanova. I think those are probably the two two of the best adjectives for Jay Wright. He's just he's always you know one of those best dressed coaches, and he has like kind of a subtle demeanor about him. He doesn't even really kind of come off as a basketball coach, you know. He just has that kind of demeanor and uh, and style on the sideline, and uh, so that's my comparison in the college basketball world. So, but I highly recommend the Ryan Geist Puma Pilsner.
0: I went to the liquor store and I found one of like four Pilsners that they had that was, I didn't want to buy like a case of. So Crooked Stave out of Colorado and it's the Vaughn Pilsner. It's a Keller Pilsner. It is 5% ABV and 35 IBU. And the description on their website and on Untappd says, combining our brewery's super soft water, traditional floor malted barley, and the finest German hops, this unfiltered Keller Pilsner is crushable. Brewed as a traditional European Pilsner, this is what beer tastes like, pouring from the wooden vats uh, used to make lager beer for centuries. So it's a little bit on the hoppy side. It's kind of like, like honestly, it tastes like water and hops. <laughs> like it. it <laughs> It's not like great. I don't love it, but um, I could see somebody that you know. I could see like people liking it, and I see what they mean by crushable. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, you know, like a logger is not something you're not going to like crush that. But mm-hmm. you know, you could you could definitely throw a few of these back if you're into the hoppy side of it. I'm not a super hoppy guy, so would you say the IBUs were on that? Thirty-five.
3: Thirty-five. Okay.
0: Yeah. So if I had to compare it to like a college basketball team or just basketball, anything basketball related, we give another taste and let me tell you. I mean, like, it has like, like it really tastes just like the water, and then I taste the subtle hints of the hop. So, it's it's a weird flavor. Like, it's not bad, but it's not great. Um, does it so have any aftertaste
4: this? at all? Or not just, really?
0: Just, no, it's no, not really. Um, I'm trying to think of a team. Notre
4: Dame. It, it that's not bad, but not great. And yeah, you know, watered down. down yeah,
0: I dig it. Notre Dame basketball. Like you know, like. Remember that year in like twenty what twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen where they had that, that dude that just took Carl Towns like for everything he had and tried to you know upset Kentucky? Like
4: yeah, it's
0: not that Notre Dame team. Was it's it, like was his name
3: August Augustine
0: or Augustine yeah, or something yeah,
4: like that. Yeah. And they wore like all actually good uniforms. They're not yeah. those like weird, they wore, like the gold with the cursive yeah That take that out every other year of notre dame yeah, yeah exactly
0: it. yeah yeah so most exactly. pilsners
3: most pilsners are kind of golden like that so you can that's a pretty good comparison man you Tied
0: know I, i'd imagine that it would probably be better on draft like i think a lot of these beers that we review would probably be better on draft um yeah. but this one i think would be would definitely be better out of a glass like i thought about getting the glass for it too but just been here so long so uh but it's not bad like i'm not gonna say and like knock it uh, if you're into hoppy beers, go ahead and give it a try because it, it it's not going to disappoint you in that sense. If you, don't, if you don't like a lot of the hops, then you might want to shy away from that one. So we're going to move on to Shark Tank Upsets. This is where we pitch a game of this upcoming week that is prime for upset, but we have to provide stats and reasoning and try to persuade the other co-hosts to buy in. Sharks can either buy a pint, a case, a keg, or they can be out on it completely. So, Sharks... Go ahead and pitch us your upsets. I'll
2: go first. Um, like I said when I was pitching my beer, I said I was going to talk about Iowa State, and this is uh, this is where I'm going to talk about them. So Iowa State, coming off their last two games, they beat Xavier on a neutral floor and Memphis on a neutral floor. That vaulted them up into the into the top twenty five. Really, really great start after essentially playing. No one in their first four games. Two two big statement wins for Iowa State early on in the uh, early season, and on Saturday they play Creighton at Creighton. Now Creighton got no votes in any of the polls. Iowa State I would say like around the twenty twenty one mark, but uh, according to Ken Palm, Iowa State is severely overranked and. They're essentially even. They're actually projected to lose by three to, to Creighton, according to Ken Palm. Creighton has the size on Iowa State. A lot of the things that Iowa State and Creighton do well are very similar, and they like neither one really has a huge advantage on in terms of where they score their points. So just kind of like looking at it, the this Creighton-Iowa State game is probably going to be a, it's, I mean, it's definitely going to be a top 25 matchup with Iowa State being ranked, but I think that it's a lot closer when it comes down to how those actual teams have been, have been performing. So I'm looking for Creighton to get the win uh, at home against Iowa State, the, the newly top 25 Iowa State. You know what? I just took a gander at everything you said
4: there. Those numbers check out. <laughs> Weather in Omaha is going to be pretty clear. I'll buy a little case. Buy a case? I like I buy it. Buy a case of it. I don't, I don't love it. I don't love it. But I think it could be like one of those trinkets that kids will buy on Christmas. But give me one cycle. I don't think you might come back and buy it twice. I'll take a case. Like I said, clear night mm. in Omaha, difference maker.
3: Interesting. So, uh, this is one that I was looking at. I was considering. I had about five or six I was looking at. It's, Creighton's a tough place to play. I think, I think I'll think i take a pint. I'm going to go in on this too, but just uh, just a little bit. I'll take a pint
0: on this one. I like it. Yeah, I uh, I was thinking about getting a pint, but I'm really like I watched a lot of Iowa State this past week, and I love the way they played against Memphis. They didn't they didn't like try and take away what Memphis was good at. They just played their best ball, and I like that in there. Uh, I'm not super high on Creighton, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna go out on this. And no offense, but I just think Iowa State is playing. Um, you know, a little bit better than what we thought they would play this year. So I'm a little bit higher on Iowa state than Creighton at the moment. And I don't think it'll, they'll be rattled by, you know, Creighton's home crowd, unfortunately. Connor, don't forget the weather.
2: That's also, that's also why it's, why it's an upset is that Iowa state has been playing better than we expected.
0: Yeah, well, I get that obviously. Dow, don't try to be smart with me, but <laughs> they've they've been they've been playing really well, and I don't think it's going to drop off. in after two games, I think if they're going to get upset, it's going to happen uh, maybe after like three or four, maybe five games uh, in the streak. But I don't think it's going to come. Um, you, you discounting after two games. their
2: you discounting their uh, their game at home against. The 357th best team according to Ken Palm in Arkansas.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm disc-
0: yeah, yeah. I'm discounting that one. See, Connor, um, is this?
4: It's, it's kind of sass Is why Jalen Suggs is out for the season.
0: Yeah, don't bring it up, please. Don't bring it up.
2: <laughs> All right, well, Connor, you're gonna miss out. I'm looking forward to drinking the the upset beers with with Matt and Kyle. Um, yep. Kyle, what we'll about you? It. What's your What's your upset?
3: Yeah. So. Um... I'm gonna look at. I had a tough time because I wanted to kind of um, have a hot take here, but I ended up going with kind of my uh, the one I kept going back to was Wisconsin going down to Georgia Tech for the one of the ACC Big Ten Big Ten Challenge games. I almost uh,
0: pitched that one. I almost
3: yeah. that one too. I just think it's going to be a situation where uh, Michael Devoe and Jordan Usher outplay Johnny Davis and Brad Davis, and I think it just it's all going to come down to. Whose guards can dominate that game and just come out on top? Georgia Tech shoots forty-one percent from three. Uh, Wisconsin, you know, Wisconsin—they're only shooting thirty-nine and a half percent from the field. They only average eight and a half assists a game. You know, they're only shooting twenty. They're shooting under twenty-nine percent from three, scoring sixty-eight a game. I just, I think Usher and Devoe and and their other and the other guys are just going to have too much. I think there's a good they're you know, I think it's going to be about a 10, 12 point win for tech. You know, Wisconsin just doing what, you know, Davison will be flopping all over the place, trying to draw charges on DeVoe and stuff like that. But I think as long as they can, you know, stay out of, stay out of foul trouble, I think, I think DeVoe is going to go for 30 plus and, uh, ushers going to hit a bunch of threes. I just think Georgia tech is going to have too much speed and quickness and, and scoring ability for Wisconsin to keep up. Uh, so that's, what do y'all think? What do y'all think, sharks? A key
0: to that, a key to that, it has to be if Georgia Tech gets a lead early, they have to keep their foot on the gas because yeah. Texas A&M totally let up and. Wisconsin right. took back that lead in the first half and never looked back after that. Yeah,
3: so. Georgia Tech has to dictate this this game, the tempo and, and and the pace and things like that, and don't don't let Wisconsin play their 1953 style basketball.
0: Yeah, I'll buy um, I'll buy a case of this, but I'm not buying a case on a tw- ten to twelve point lead. I think it'll be closer to like a four to five. All right, I got you. You got it.
4: One time when I was a little kid, me and my cousin was walking down the road and we saw a dog. And my cousin's like, oh, look, a dog. And I said, ah, I don't like that dog. And I kept walking. My cousin said, it's a nice dog. He reached down there and got bit. From that day on, always trust my gut. My gut says, Wisconsin wins big. I'm out. <laughs> That's
2: fair enough. I, what did you, Connor, what did you take again?
0: I bought a case. case. I'll,
2: I'll, I'll buy a little case. Uh, what if we what if we do a Cyber Monday buy one get one on a case? And I'll take two cases.
0: Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. I, I approve. You got it. I'll you it. got it, Shark.
2: Promo code Cougar. Uh <laughs> Right. I I'll do I'll do a buy one get one case if I can get if I can get that deal. Um Michael DeVoe is like going to be first team all ACC. That dude is a killer. He'll be like the best player in this game, uh, and it's not particularly close, in my opinion. Um, I think a lot of it does come down to just if Georgia Tech can hit hit some threes, and if they can keep Wisconsin off the foul line. Wisconsin, yeah. uh, I think, is like top five in the country in free throw percentage. So right. if they can if they can limit the free throws from Wisconsin, uh, and yeah, and, and hit some of those threes, which Wisconsin has an awesome defense, but a lot of that is, um, you know, slowing the pace down, kind of packing it in. They yeah. are pretty middle of the road in terms of opponent three-point percentage this year. So if uh, if Georgia Tech, especially DeVoe, can get, get hot from three, I think that uh, they, have a, they have a really good chance to win. So I'll do it. Yeah, and,
3: and one drawback is, you know, like, If some of their guys, if their big guys are shooting, the right guys need to be shooting free throws for Georgia Tech if it's a tight game because Tech only shoots 63.5% from the free throw line. So it may be a game that's decided there if Tech can hit their free throws.
2: Yep.
0: All right. So, uh, Sharks, I am really high on this. I'm actually not really high on this game at all. Um, But I am pitching to you UCF versus number 21 Auburn. UCF played Oklahoma very well, losing by, like, I think it was by one, correct? Or maybe by three. It was a really close game. Auburn has struggled to close out some of these lesser opponent games or put away these lesser teams for the most part. Um, I mean, they, they definitely struggled to close out on UConn and it bit them in the butt in double overtime. they never really taken a big lead on any of these lesser opponents, for example, in Amelie Arena, USF, they lost, or they won 58 to 52. I mean, that's a low scoring game. They did beat Syracuse pretty well, uh, but I think that was just uh, Jabari Smith finding his potential and living up to it. UCF's Darren Green Jr. averages 16.4 points per game and shoots 48.6% from three. And that's not like a, you know, three for five type deal. That's like, He's shooting at least. Uh, I think he shot. Or he's taken at least like thirty-five shots. Like I said, I'm not super sold on this upset. So if you don't buy in, I totally get it. I'm just saying buy low now because you know at the time you know the, the game starts and maybe you know five minutes into it you say, oh UCF actually has a chance. Uh, that's where I think a lot of the nation will tune in on this upset. But um, no one's gonna predict this upset. I think at the moment. Yeah, I
4: couldn't be. I couldn't be more out. Uh, I think Auburn. Yeah, I I I'll I just look. I couldn't find a spread on it. Uh, I'll say they went by double digits. So I'm, yeah, I'm definitely out.
2: Spread will likely be around nine if you go by uh, Ken Palm score predictions, which are usually pretty close.
4: Then I say they went by eleven.
2: I am kind of in on this. Yes. Um, so
0: kind of in. Yeah, it's like—is it a shot? Am I, are you just buying a um, shot of it?
2: I'll I'll do a I'll do a six pack. He's doing
0: the right, he doing that thing where he swishes
4: it.
2: it around his mouth and spits it back out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just a tasting. Now I'll do a six pack. Um, Auburn Auburn is is good, and they like they destroyed Syracuse over yeah, the weekend, did. which was was wild. But yeah. I feel like that they're they're hit or miss, and like. I I get that um, that Jabari Smith is getting a bunch of like draft buzz, but there's, there are times where he looks like that he could legitimately be a top five pick, but there are times where he looks like, you know, at the beginning of Bambi when he's like walking in his, like, like, he looks like that. He's like a newborn deer sometime on the court that like he has gotten this like, Adonis body that like he's super long and like perfectly built for basketball, but that he doesn't really like understand exactly how his limbs function yet. So it it just seems like that one that UCF is um is like you said, Connor, kind of pretty underrated. they uh their their offense is actually pretty solid. Auburn not really giving up a ton of height. Um to, to UCF, they're about the same in terms of like average height looking at that. Um UCF hits their free throws, which is which is very helpful. Does worry me a little bit that UCF seems to turn the ball over a lot and Auburn is very good at forcing turnovers. But that's why I'm only really getting um a six pack. But I think it'll be it'll be definitely a game to watch and will be very fun. And just seems like the Auburn kind of has one or two games a year where they just kind of like forget to to fully show up. So this could definitely be one of those games. Sweet. I dig it.
3: Yeah. I mean, it could be, but it's not going to be. So I'm going Go wow. to pass. No, That's okay. You straight got up pass on you
0: here. You can drink my upset, but I won't drink yours. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, um, I have right. to no give hate. a shout out to my wife because she is a UCF alum. So, um Uh... go uka she says and go (laughs) citronauts and go knights and whatever however many mascots they've had before but yeah (laughs) i'm high on i'm high on ucf this game actually a little bit i know i'm not super sold on this upset but i think that they can be um, a sneaky team in the tournament if they can make it so i'm excited for them this season so with that said we're going to move on to the beers and buckets top 25 kyle you want to take this
3: uh yes sir i will take this Uh, the beers and buckets top 25 for this week so we've got duke moving up to number one after their three-point win over gonzaga purdue at two gonzaga only falling to three baylor at seven and oh four ucla hanging in the top five at five villanova six arkansas seven kentucky eight kansas nine texas ten arizona at 11, Florida at 12, Tennessee at 13, those Cougars at BYU at 14, Yukon 15, Houston 16, Auburn at 17, Iowa State 18, USC 19, Alabama 20, and then we've got Iowa at 21, LSU, which would be the seventh SEC team in the top 25, at... 22, 23, Memphis, and 24, Wisconsin, 25, Seton Hall. So anything interesting you guys see there with uh, the especially the bottom part of that top 25, who's in and who's out down there? We, we were considering, uh, you know, some of the others receiving votes, um, Texas Tech, Ohio State, Michigan State, Indiana, basically half the Big Ten, uh, Michigan, St. Bonaventure, Oklahoma State, and Louisville. So – any any of those teams you think kind of deserve to be in there over anybody else?
0: It was funny when we were talking about that last night because I mean we were torn between a six and 0 team and two four right. and two teams, and right. then we kind of just landed in the middle with Seton Hall being five and one at twenty five, right? Uh, which I think right. is fair because I mean they lost by two, and then- yeah, I mean the
3: team that everybody is like has way above uh, is Michigan state. Like they're like 14, 15, and a lot of, a lot of polls out there. And I just, I don't know. I just don't see it right now. Four and two. Um, they might be able to prove themselves this week if they can beat, they got Louisville coming to, uh, East Lansing, um, here in a couple days. So, you know, that'll, that'll be a decent win for them, I guess. But if they drop that, then, I mean, they're not going to see the top 25 until m- maybe ever for the rest of the
4: year. So yeah,
3: see what yeah. happens to them.
4: I'll say the interesting thing about college basketball top twenty five, um, you know, in college football, you saw what you saw, right? Like if, if you know, in Kentucky fans, Kentucky just waxed Louisville. That's that's one picture, but in basketball, you know, it's it's kind of hard to get to not get caught up in the moment because like if you see a team really ball out on Saturday, it's it's easy to fall in love with that team, even though that team might have looked like crap on Tuesday, right. because there is the two games in the week. So that's one thing I always find interesting that I always find myself falling trap for is I let the last thing I see really imprint in my brain. So, I mean, the only thing that I didn't really feel, but I, I don't hate it was the Kansas losing to Dayton and be ahead of Kentucky only because the way that Michigan State seems to be un- undervalued, not saying that I disagree with it, but in the, norm- in the AP rankings or whatever, Michigan State's 22nd, so that Kansas win does look impressive. If we don't value Michigan State being in that top 25 or that being that much yeah. of a win, I would – and then Dayton's loss being substantially worse than Kentucky's loss to Duke. I mean, that's that's just yeah. one spot. That's I guess, why I'll we've think. got
3: – Yeah, that's why we've got Kansas below Kentucky, I think. Me and oh, is Connor, it? I Connor, wrong. My bad. Connor my and I bad. talked about that, yeah.
0: Yeah, but we I, talked about that. We talked about Texas being – um what, at nine? We have Texas at nine, correct? Yeah, Texas at ten. Ten? Mm-hmm. Um, and and then, then, yeah, Kansas at nine. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So we have we have seen those on the two teams there. Um, Texas we have at ten because you know, they only have the one loss to Gonzaga, but they lost you know pretty handedly to Gonzaga by like twenty. Um, so it wasn't really a close game at all. And then Gonzaga goes and lose to Duke by three. Kentucky lost to Duke by nine. So it's like, how are we going to rank Texas higher than Kentucky? Like it doesn't make sense in that in that case. Um, Arkansas we have higher than Kentucky just because they've they've had some of these closer battles with better games and they you know like uh, better teams and they had that game against Cincinnati yeah. and Cincinnati went and blew somebody else out so yeah, um, and Texas is
3: at like seven you know seven or six or something like that in some polls and they were pretty average tonight like as we record this they only beat Sam Houston by 16 and they were pretty you know pretty average in that game so they're still trying to figure themselves out.
0: Yeah, and, and like I think they're really on the same level as far and we've talked about this before, that they are still figuring out the best lineups, the best schemes, the best sets to run. You know, like it took a loss for them to do that against a better team, which is okay. So it's like the expectations lowered a little bit for them and they can only improve at this point. So mm-hmm. um, I'm still a little bit higher on Texas than most, but I don't think they are a top five team still, obviously. So also
3: just a quick uh just a quick uh, comment while we're talking about the top 25 and everything right now. And basically the the whole of college basketball also, as we record this Tarleton is only one point down to Gonzaga going into halftime. So that's a pretty interesting, interesting. Yeah. The fighting Billy G's or the, and then somebody uh, made a joke today. It was like the battle of the guys with the DUIs or whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, so, let's let's go fighting Billy G's and right? uh, upset upset Gonzaga here to just shake up college yeah, basketball man. a little bit. If you're listening
2: to this like later, which you obviously will because we're recording while the game is playing, but if Tarleton does upset Gonzaga, I got dibs on that being my upset pick, and
4: <laughs> <you're> welcome it. <laughs> Connor, you right. can cut this out, but apparently there's some stink on Twitter that the oh. conversation we just had with Travis, I guess, but somebody predicted the Bob kid to go to North Carolina State now, and that's caused a big hoopla. So it just it's ironic that this is our was our hard conversation with Travis, and now it's all going all kinds of directions.
0: That's the smoke screen. I'm going to stand by that being the smoke screen. North Carolina State. Yeah, Get NC the hell State. Out of yeah, no, thanks. So, all right, we're going to move on. All right, so as we're recording this, Travis Barnum decided to switch his crystal ball play- pick for Robert Dillingham. Switched it from Kentucky to NC State, and uh, we weren't—you know—we weren't really high on that. It's whatever. But then we got the crystal ball pick that Big Tim made for Robert Dillingham to Kentucky, and now we are freaking out a little bit. How are you guys feeling about that?
4: I mean, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. I mean, we- He's a but like, to get out. Kind of like we were saying in the pre-show. I mean, it's it's eighteen-year-old kids and recruiting. They, I, I'd be surprised that they don't happen more. But um from where their heart is day to day. But I mean, what is that class of twenty twenty three? Yeah. Well, do, that's just a. I mean, that's two more years if I'm not mistaken, right? Like, that's we took out a whole. We got next season, this, this season, and next season. So mm-hmm. we'll cross that bridge. And Look, it's harder to get that upset now knowing that we have name image likeness for guys that are here in transfer portal because there might be a guy that's we don't even know his name right now that's the number one player in the country from the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, I mean, obviously we want the best. That's kind of how we are, but I, I won't take too much stock into it until mm-hmm. that summer.
0: Now, all jokes aside, I'm sticking with what our our man Travis Graff said. I mean, he didn't actually say specifically by name, so we could be in for a surprise on Wednesday, but I highly doubt it. And uh, I think think we'll be fine here. I don't think Travis would lead lead us astray intentionally. And if he does, that's a really sick burn on us, and we got roasted. So (laughs) we're going to move on to mid-major madness. This is the part of the show where we check in on each of our mid-major teams we are going to check uh, records, strength the schedule, and all that at the end of the year, and whoever has the best mid-major team will win a shirt from that team from Home Field Apparel. So we're not sponsored yet by them. Hopefully we will. And we all have to pay for it, but if we have to pay for it, oh well. You know that's what happens when you pick better teams. So to update on the fan team, you guys will not get a T-shirt if Loyola Chicago wins. They went one and two on the week. They had close losses to Michigan State and Auburn, and they had a solid win over Arizona State, which was always fun to see. And their player of the week was Lucas Williamson. He averaged thirteen points per game and five point six rebounds per game.
3: All right. Well, the Cougars are cougaring on still. Um, so BYU six and zero, and they come in at number fourteen in the uh, B&B Top 25 uh, this week. They've got a couple games at Utah Valley and at Missouri State this week. So, you know, it might be a little upset alert deal uh, with two road games, but uh, they passed the test, beating Utah at Utah by 11 uh, last week. So they should be up to the uh, challenge. Keep it rolling with Mark Pope and their player of the week. Instead of Barcelo, we're gonna go with um, Tejon Lucas. He had 18 points in both of their games last week and had a good solid week. So we're gonna go with Tayshaun or Tayshaun or Tayshon, and uh, see if the Cougars can keep it going.
4: Um, I'm trying to hold out hope. It's kind of like I said, I uh, think two weeks ago, maybe last whenever time that we talked about this last, or that I did with Milwaukee. Uh, we're one and four. Now we're really really going down the old drain. But I think it still holds that when you're a school like that, the regular season doesn't matter near as much because that kind of seems like the same type of team that even if they went 25 and 3 or something like that and they lost early in their conference championship or the tournament, they're out. So basically they got to win their conference. Um my dude Patrick Baldwin, hopefully he kind of comes on down the stretch. I mean, he's not having a bad season by any standpoint. But but by any stretch, but it's it's not what you would expect with an elite recruit going on a team where they're like, here's the key to the entire city. You know, there's Giannis with the pro team and then there's Patrick Baldwin with the college team. I mean, he's barely leading his team in scoring at 15.3. My my player has to go to I'm really going to shift my focus to uh, our dude DeAndre Golston here. Um, he's averaging just point three points less than Patrick, but he's shooting substantially better from the field, from the free. Well, not substantially, I guess. Four points, about four points better across the board from the field, from the free throw line, and three points. So, eh, I mean, I'm trying to change it up a little bit because I was riding that that PB and J train all the way, but that's not going to get me nowhere until at least maybe later in the season when his Stardom takes over. But let's shake it up a little bit. Let's go for Ghosting and come on. Uh, Panthers, Cougars, Wildcats, whatever y'all are. Let's get some wins.
2: <laughs> we'll say that Golston's playing like almost 14 more minutes per game than Patrick Baldwin. So the if if Baldwin, who seems like has been hurt, um, he's only played in four of their six games so far. If he could, if he could get a little uh, more playing time and uh, and kind of keep the usage that he's exhibited, I feel like that he'd be. their their leading score by a decent amount. Well, this graph I'm
4: looking at here clearly says one plays 32 minutes and one plays 33. So, I don't know what you're talking about. The numbers may or may not be lying to me right now. Not a – got a lot going on. My numbers
2: (laughs) could also be lying to me because it – I'm looking at percentage of minutes, but because he's missed games, that might be – That 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 could be.
4: He has played in four games – he only played in four of their six games. Yeah. Yeah. not gonna lie, a lot goes on and uh you know Milwaukee being in that um Hawaiian time zone kind of passing bedtime when they play.
2: For my uh for my um mid-major madness looking at the Richmond Spiders, I'm a little salty about Richmond right now because one, they lost in overtime against Mississippi State and lost um a pretty close game to Maryland. So would like to see them obviously coming out on top in these games. But We'll say that I'm going to see them on Friday, December 16th. They play NC State in Charlotte going. I was hoping that Jacob Gilliard's uh, career steals pace was going to get him to break the record uh, against NC State. That game is four games away. He is currently tied with 385 career steals with the record. So assuming he gets one steal in this next game against Wofford on Wednesday, that will be his his like record breaking steal. So a little sad that I'm not gonna get to see that in person. But um despite the the couple of losses, Richmond's still in the top seventy five on Ken Palm. And Jacob Gilliard is really fun. Um so if you all aren't doing anything on Wednesday I would say to tune in just to see um, that NCAA record broken because it's going to be a record that he's going to continue to to stretch out with, with this, um, what, fifth, sixth year, whatever he's on. With the COVID year, he's going to be able to stretch that record out pretty far. So uh, it would be pretty cool to see him uh, break that record on Wednesday.
0: Definitely. I, I will be watching that game, at least some of it. I picked them last week in the Shark Tank upsets to upset Maryland and I probably did them in on a beers and buckets curse there but I was hopeful I was hopeful on them and they kind of let me down a little bit too. So, updating you on the Buffalo Bulls. They went 3 and 1 on the week. They beat North Texas in a bye game, which I didn't realize like why would North Texas pay for Buffalo to come play them at home when they're like I mean, Buffalo is a significantly better team uh, and program than North Texas, in my opinion. So that was interesting. John Rothstein went ahead and was like, oh, North Texas lost a, a bye game to Buffalo. And I was like, this is just all weird. It makes me feel so weird inside. So. Yeah, they, lost, they beat North Texas. They handled Ryder in Illinois State, uh, but they lost by one to Stephen F. Austin, who has had the uh, knack for upsetting some teams previously, uh, Duke in 2019. So it's not a terrible loss, but it's not a great loss either. Their player of the week was Josh Mbala. He scored 15. Uh, he averaged 15 and a quarter point per game and eight and a half rebounds per game on the week, and he scored 29 against Illinois State. So, uh, I mean, I really could pick uh, Jonathan Williams like every week for the player of the week for Buffalo, but uh, to mix it up, I went Josh and Bala because he actually he played pretty hard this week. So moving on, we are going to close out the show here with our last call. This is the closing segment where each host has a minute to share their closing thoughts, including hot takes, stupid tweets, and fandom talk um this is where we can go ahead and you know say whatever we need to say get it off our chest Uh, but we got to keep it under a minute each and uh yeah if you have a bad tweet i'm gonna pull it up i'm gonna read it if i can find any so here we go go ahead and lead us off matt
4: Uh, so i'm gonna try to keep it real quick and i will be directed towards my fandom but this can probably apply to a lot of of teams uh, or especially blue bloods or major programs for like the last decade, all I've heard is Kentucky fans whine that they can't get into RUP, that that it costs 500 bucks just to get into the door and that it's, it's smothering out the, the, the casual fan or the, the smaller fan, if you will. Well, Kentucky coming off a really bad year last year and, and trying to rebuild has, has had a stretch of seven games where we've played some, some tune-up games, if you will, where we've probably won everyone by 25-plus. They are great seats available, and they are just not being bought up. And if you don't want to watch that game, that's fine. I get that. You may not want to see Kentucky play Albany, North Florida, or Central Michigan. But at the same time, don't complain about never getting to see your favorite team play in person because if you're not going to shell out the $1,000 to watch Kentucky versus Louisville to watch Kentucky versus Tennessee or Duke versus North Carolina – and you don't want to sit there and watch Kentucky versus North Florida or Duke versus Bellarmine, then I don't want to hear you complain about anything because you either want to shell out the money and enjoy the big game or you just want to enjoy the ambiance and the environment and watch your team play anybody. But yet there's seats available at all games now, really, if you look around. So I I don't know about your fan base, my fan base, tired of hearing them complain one way or the other. Either shut up and go and enjoy or shut up and stay home and watch on your flat screen.
3: All right, so I am going to go with. Uh, this is what I am going to talk about. I am going to talk about the return of Dubs oh nine to Twitter. I don't know what happened to him. He had some all kinds of problems or whatever down in Louisiana. You know, I don't know if you guys follow him or not, but he's he's a wild man on Twitter. And, I love Dubs, uh, yeah. Likes likes to talk smack with, especially U of L smack and stuff like that. So I I think he's back. I know he's back in Kentucky. I am not sure if it's Lexington or some, somewhere else, but he's back. In the bluegrass state, and he's back on Twitter and firing away with fury, retweeting everything. Um, came back at a good time too because of the UK UVA football game on Saturday. So, everybody loves to see old Dubs 09 back. So, um, if you're out there, Dubs 09, uh, shout out to you, buddy. It's good to have you back.
2: Wait, Forrest got its first big, big win. Um, Woo-hoo. go Deeks beat oregon state we were up big on them actually let them kind of come back uh beat them in overtime gonna take a second just to kind of like complain slash root someone on so isaiah mucius is someone that is really the only person that has been at wake like longer than the last two years a bunch of transfers that have come in um Alondis williams has been an absolute stud jake laravia been incredible um but a lot of the the guys that are are new over the last few years with with Forbes coming in, Isaiah Mucius has been there all along. He's kind of still adjusting to his new role. Hit a bunch of threes against Oregon State early, then kind of got cold. Was cold against LSU. Just really hoping that he can kind of get into his into his role and figure it out so that he can be a big part of this team because. No one that I've enjoyed, like, kind of rooting for over the past couple years with Wake not being the, the best team. Um, but Zeke is awesome. So, hoping Isaiah Mucius can, can, can keep uh, improving alongside the rest of the
0: Deeks. Okay, so my last call, we got to move on from the Evansville lost Tennessee fans. Like, yeah, Kentucky lost to Evansville two years ago. And you're trying to hang that over us as if we haven't beaten better teams this season by like 30 and 40 plus. So um, if you're going to, if you're going to call out, you know, teams that Kentucky should beat and they do beat, and you're going to call out a loss for a game from two years ago, go ahead and look at your own schedule and how you guys lose in March, literally every year. Um, If you even make it to the tournament. So uh, I'm not trying to start beef with volunteer Twitter, but if you're going to come at me, I'm going to come at you right back, buddy. So go ahead and uh, take that L, and uh, we will give you two more this season as a Kentucky fan. So with that said, we are going to finish this podcast. We do have a guest coming on next week. Some parts of the town, he uh, had this office and recruiting podcast. Um, on some old uh, radio station in Lexington and uh, he was known as a sports talker. So look for him next week. If you can guess who it is and maybe he won't retweet our episode and give it away. And then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be excited for that. Uh, go ahead and tell us where we can find your work. If you want to do that fellows.
2: Wait, before we, before we do that, um, Connor, remind me when the last time uh, Tennessee made the final four was
0: kind of thing. Um, I don't, I don't think they have anyone. I don't think, anyone I don't think they have Bueller? I mean,
2: Bueller, how many, oh, wait, they haven't made a final four. Oh, how many man.
0: lead eights do they have? One is
2: the loneliest. number. <laughs> wait, they only
0: have one. Yeah, that's wild they been over
2: the last few years. They had their best teams that they've ever had, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, oh, ridiculous wait. that the worst team in Kentucky history, like, literally. One of the worst teams in Kentucky history split the season with Tennessee and beat them pretty handedly. You know, that's just, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's you guys are a basketball school. school. Okay, it's buddy. Good.
2: I'm glad they're a basketball school.
0: Yeah. And Hypers go into Oklahoma, bucket. Go ahead and give us your social media handles, anything that you want to pimp out here, and uh, we can go ahead and wrap this thing up. Don't
2: follow me. Get out of here. <laughs> You can follow me, Dal, on Twitter at do underscore wellharmon. My name currently has the L's down in it, so it might be a little bit harder to, to find. Probably going to keep that for a while. Other things to shout out, I don't have anything personally, uh, but have some buddies that uh, that do a lot of great work at the NFL Draft Bible, kind of as college football is, is uh, winding down if you're looking for any NFL Draft coverage check them out over at the NFL draft Bible on it's like associated with sports illustrated. So they're, they're pretty legit. Uh, they do great work.
3: All right. This
0: is Kyle. You can follow me on Twitter at UKFanKyle. Kyle. And I'm Connor. You can follow me on Twitter at Connor J Caldwell and you can follow me on Instagram as well. You can see all the beer posts that I make on the weekend with my dog at the brewery, wherever I go, it's a good time. So Uh, With that said, let's go. I'm going to pick a random team, Kansas City Kangaroos. Let's go Fighting Ruse, and have a great week,
1: guys. Whenever I was like 20 or 21, I had this thing for like 45-year-old women.